Good morning. Welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Uh, I sound like I'm out of breath. I don't mean to. You uh, audio aficionados just understand I'm standing in the city today. Um, so hopefully we are good sound quality today. First announcement, we don't do featurettes here, but if we did, this would be our one announcement. Um, almost the end of the month, sign up for the 10-year. Uh, it's going to be a good party. And if I haven't said it lately, I really know I haven't said it for at least a week, at least offer your M a beach trip on either side of that, um, that weekend in January. It's the right thing to do. Even if she doesn't accept and doesn't want to go hang out with you and the guys, at least offer, um, at least make it available, at least bring up something on VROB, you know, vacation by owner and show it to her. So say, hey, we could get something cool on the beach uh, for that weekend or for that week and uh, including that weekend. So at least show it to her. Treat her right. All right. So we're going to jump into today's topic. And um, let's just start with the easy stuff first. So, um, and also I need to know how you got your name. So Probert, who EH'd you? How long have you been doing F3? Uh, good morning, uh, C-SPAN and F3 Nation. So um the the PAX who EH'd me was uh, a rider. Um I had been looking for uh a workout to join with the men's group because every single time I tried to work out by myself I could never get anything done and uh I reached out to my local church and they had a community group. So a couple of guys in my group go to my church and uh I reached out to Ryder, and he gave me a lot of good information, and I got to my first AO, had a great time. He was the weasel shaker of the group. And then um, Iverson, you know, he was the Nantan. He's the one that kept me engaged and kept me committed to F3. So I have to give a huge shout-out to him. I mean, those guys just kept me going. Um, you know, I felt like you go to the workout, you can make all the excuses you want in the world. There's the fart sack. You don't think that you can lift as much as everybody else, but those guys just kept me focused on getting better. And I'm glad I stuck it out because I've been there two years come October. Yeah, and I um, – so so the listeners or the podpaxers might not know the impact Iverson's made. So why don't you tell everybody uh, where you work out at? And Because uh, you guys just had an anniversary, right? Yeah, we just recently had an anniversary. Um, it's been incredible to see how how much um, our our AO has grown. We're F3 Lake Effect, which is the Kalamazoo area, and we have uh, we've grown so much that now we have two locations: one in Portage, Michigan, and one in Kalamazoo. And I'm still at our um, our original um, AO, which is um, at Pear Tree in Kalamazoo. So. It's been a lot of fun, and the group has definitely grown um, pretty big through the years. Um, we've gotten as high as maybe 20 to 25 people in a workout, and that's, you know, pretty good when we just started a few years ago. So, Yeah, and uh, so for all you guys across the south, uh, he did say Michigan. Those guys go year-round, um, and they just show up no matter how much snow is on the ground. Those guys keep getting after it. So uh, just a special shout-out to, to Iverson. That's a uh, – and to your point, he's he's inspired a lot of guys to keep getting after it. So, well, I guess I need to start with my disclaimer uh, before we start in this topic. 
So another complicated topic this week, but we're going to do uh, the quick disclaimer. Uh, Robert and I, um, we sound like we're both hockey guys. The other thing we are is we're both believers. And so we're going to go over a topic as part of the F3 mental battle, but we want to make sure that if you're listening to this, you're not a believer, don't turn us off. Uh, just keep listening along. If, if the faith part um, sidetracks you a little bit, that's okay. Just understand that um, this is how we're dealing with the anxiety right now. And so um, for, the, for the guys who are believers out there, just understand that this is kind of the course. Uh, if you're not a believer, just maybe um, you know listen for understanding on how your Christian brothers are dealing with anxiety. And so today's topic is about anxiety. And so, Probert, I didn't ask you how you got your name. How'd you get your name? You a hockey fighter? Um, that's so funny because I am six three, uncoordinated, and have never really. I've gone ice skating a few times, so I did not play hockey. Believe it or not, it seems like a lot of times guys get their names from what they don't do, or if they like a particular school, he'll name their rival school for their name. Um, I had. I was playing softball, actually, and I got hit by the softball in the mouth, and I lost a tooth. And when I came to my first workout, I was missing a tooth. Um, I have it back now, but that's how the guys gave me the name was Bob Probert. He played for the Detroit Red Wings um, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, and he was always kind of the, the goon on the team that would stand up for everybody else and get in the dirty battle basically, and stand up for everybody. But he lost a lot of teeth from his hockey fights. Yeah, and I was going to say, the other thing that uh, Bob Probert's real famous for is he knocked a lot of other guys' teeth out. So, um, yes. That's yes. A really, yeah, that's a, that's a really good, um, it's a great, great nickname, great story. Um, and I, uh, nothing like a toothless grin on your first post. So um, <laughs> Exactly. Well, let's talk about this. So I, let's introduce you to the podpaxer. So part of uh, the reason is you, uh, you wrote a book, and it's about anxiety. So why don't we start there? Well, let, why don't you tell us a little bit about this journey, about um, how you, you know, obviously you're dealing with anxiety, and you started writing a story, and then it became a book. Why don't you start there, and uh, I'll just hand it to you. Take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, C-SPAN. So I, for many years, you know, suffered with really bad anxiety, um, probably had a little bit of um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and depression. You know, those three things are all um, hard things to deal with, but they kind of can link together. And, um, you know, I'd have plenty of highs and lows in my life and everything, but um, I kind of hit a really low point, and my wife, you know, called me out one day um, I was basically stressing out about reading the Bible every night, and I was kind of treating it like it was a chore, you know, like something you need to check off the checklist and everything. And my wife is like, you're treating that like it's a chore. It should be about like a relationship with God. And that kind of was like an epiphany and kind of made me realize, like, what am I doing? You know, why am I just going through life trying to check off the boxes and just go through every day without some meaning and purpose. And then she also challenged me and said, you know, you really need to start focusing on others instead of yourself. You know, so that night I prayed about it to God. And um, after that point, my anxiety basically got better each and every day over the next few weeks and months. 
And I also believe that that was significant because um, my wife and I, we had been trying for over three years to um, get pregnant and have our first child. Uh, We got married in 2013. Um, We had a miscarriage right away. And all my wife has ever wanted to do is be a mom. And um, she lost the faith. I kind of kept the faith, even though it wasn't looking good. Two days after I made that promise to God that I would focus on other people instead of myself, we found out she was pregnant. And I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that that was kind of a sign that I was ready to be a dad. I was ready to be um, a bigger man and uh, take care of a family. So um, as I got better, um, when I finally reached a point where I felt free, um, I realized, you know, it would be awesome to tell my story. You know, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be an author, but I never finished a story. And what point is there in writing a story if you can never finish? So I went over 20 years without actually writing a story. And when I finished this one, it was just a huge relief, and um, I'm really glad I did. So I'm going to ask two more questions. First one, so you – are you a dad now? And if you're a dad, let's do a shout out to the kids. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, have two kids now. Uh, Zoe, she is two and a half. And my other daughter, Alexis, she goes by Lexi. She's a, a, almost a year and a half now. So um, I am just so lucky and fortunate to have great kids in a family. Um, and it, it's just awesome being a dad and a huge shout out to all dads out there making a big difference for kids yeah and congratulations next point um let's get the name of your book out there um and where if guys are listening to this and they want to um follow back up and actually get a copy of the book tell me the title and then best place to get it yeah for sure so the book is called unchained um and then after that the description of it is spiritually smart ways to eliminate anxiety, find peace, and live free for God. Um, right now, it's just available on Amazon. So if guys go to Amazon, they can just type in uh, my real name, which is Zach Ribble. Um, it's spelled Z-A-C-H, and then the last name's R-I, B as in boy, B as in boy, L-E. So they can type in Zach Ribble or they can type in Unchained, and then it should come up on Amazon. There's an ebook and a paperback available. Um, and it came out back in uh, late May was when it was published. Excellent. And a special shout-out to my ma'am in there. That's uh, another solid uh, – thank you for that advertisement. So a yeah. couple things. I, um, you know, as I was kind of going through the book, a couple of the topics I just wanted to go through um, – I feel like there's a bunch of guys who are probably in the same boat I am, and you just really struck a nerve with me in the section of the book. We were talking about your family, your dad. It sounds like your dad's a total high-impact man. Before there was one, he was a great basketball player, great coach, had this huge uh, impact in his community. But what, what, what you were realizing is some of the anxiety and some of this expectation that you felt from your dad's success translated into your anxiety and i i just i know we got a bunch of guys who have similar stories we you know we've got a bunch of high impact men that are uh, you know across the nation um 
maybe let's can we can we talk maybe just start there with that story because it's it was so meaningful for me when I read it. I just felt like this is a story that exactly hits probably a lot of guys. So yeah, I'll it back to you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as a kid, you know, you all you want to do is make your your parents proud. You know what I'm saying? And I have great, amazing parents to this day. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you want as parents the best for your kids. And I know that my parents always had the best intentions, but, you know, my dad was a good basketball player. He was a all-state basketball player, but it was for like a class D high school. So we're talking a tiny little school. But needless to say, you know, he was a great player and got offered a scholarship um, to college. Um, so I got to see all those articles about my dad as a kid, and you're like, oh, man, it would be so amazing to, like, live up to that. But the question of what if, what if I don't reach that level, that always as a kid is in the back of your mind. And then as I grew up and I compared myself to other people in my grade, the talent level, you know, I made my varsity basketball team as a sophomore and junior, so going up against older kids, you know, it's tougher, but I felt like it was a success to make varsity as a sophomore. But when I hit my junior year, I kind of lost the love for basketball, and that's when I started to feel the anxiety because other players were starting to become better for me. And then when I got benched, it was a very humbling experience. And when I kind of realized that I was a failure, one day I just, you know, I didn't really cry much as a kid, but one day after a game against our rival high school, I just sat down in the kitchen and I bawled my eyes out. And for a high school, you know, kid to bawl their eyes out in front of their parents, you know, I don't know how often that happens, but I basically let out all the feelings I had and I told them that I felt like a failure. I was never going to be like my dad. And they said, well, that's, and they felt bad that I felt that. And they said, that's not our intention for you. We just want you to be the best that you can be and what you want to do. And, you know, that was a huge relief. But, you know, unknowingly, I've carried that into my adult life as well, trying to be a perfectionist in everything and everything I do. And that's a big source of the anxiety. And um, I feel like you, people often live a prison-like mindset because, you know, as a faith believer, Jesus died for our sins so that we can live free. But I can tell you, I believe in God, but most of my life, I did not live free. I felt chained down to my own fears and everything, not being good enough and not being able to be as good as my dad. So I felt like I lived in a shadow of my parents for a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm sure the podpaxers, there's probably a lot of them that I identify. Uh, you know, we have a lot of um, you know, men who work out with their brothers. And I, you can, sometimes you can see the, um, that competitive spirit between two brothers, right? Or, or cousins or brother-in-laws. Um, but you can also see that sometimes it might hold one guy back because, um, he, and it's, there's a point where it's healthy competition. And there's also a point where it's like, I've got to, maybe I won't show up cause I can't go hundred percent today cause I don't want to exactly. let him win. Um, which I, I'm just going to tell you this whole topic about anxiety. These are all the things that lead into this, you know, after we call it the mental battle is these are all the things that pile up to where guys get overwhelmed and then they become sad clowns because it's sometimes it's easier not to do anything um, than to, let's say, always be a step behind or not be the, 
not live up to that expectations of your parents or yourself or, you know, your family. So Exactly. Yeah, I, I and I guess this is the other one. Maybe we should talk more. I I love that how this book got started was your wife's discussion about stop focusing on yourself. And I you know, I started with that story about the the expectations weren't coming from your parents. They, these were expectations you were putting on yourself. And so when your wife starts telling you, um, maybe you just need to focus uh, less on yourself and more on um, more on others, can you kind of walk us through that? Because I think that if guys, you know, if the podpacksers hear this, I think you've made a you've made the transition that a lot of guys are still struggling to make. And uh, more about yeah. you know that that I am third piece. If you can. If you can walk us through that, I think that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd have to say that one one other disclaimer is sometimes people may be you know diagnosed with a mental health disorder, or it could run in your family. You know, a lot of people could have that occur, or it could be related to life experiences as well. And for me, I felt like it was both. But the only thing I really knew about growing up was you you can express yourself based on your feelings and what you're experiencing in that moment. So a lot of times we live our life by sight and what we see. And that's pretty much what I was doing. You know, I dug myself a hole so deep that I couldn't see the blue skies. I couldn't see the sunlight. You know, I felt like my world was basically muted and everything. So the moment that I tried to, no matter how much pain I was in and no matter how much I was suffering, I had to make it a point to focus on other people. Even if I was hurting myself, you know, the more that I focused on other people, the brighter the days became. And I know that that can be a very hard thing to do, but I really made it a conscious point when I made that promise to God that I had kind of hit my lowest point and I had run out of options. I didn't know what else to do. So the moment that I stopped focusing on myself, you know, we sh- it's when we put ourselves in the spotlight and we focus on all of our internal issues, it eats us alive. And the moment I started focusing on other people, you know, I saw the world a lot differently. It basically kind of changed my optics. So it's got to be something that you, like, commit to for 30 days no matter what you're experiencing. And right now in the times that we're in with coronavirus, I mean, it's crazy. You know, we're social distancing. We can't even give each other hugs. Um, And with a lot of the things happening in our country with politics and the justice system and everything, we're, we look at everyone else as the enemy, but we're, we all believe the same. You know, if we can just focus on helping out other people, it would make a huge difference. Yeah, and I, um, I, 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 I love the just for even for thirty days. And I know we have guys who uh, struggle with depression, but twenty twenty is a different year. I feel like everybody is struggling with something this year, and I, I love the idea of just take thirty days. And this could be even a family challenge you could do with your, with your kids. Is just try and. Um, you know, try and live third and everybody not be so focused on, you know, exactly right now what makes me feel good, what I want to do. Um, 
and and just focus on others. I think that would go a long way. I love that. I, I, I know that I, sometimes I make things sound so simple. That is something simple you could do. Whole family could get behind it, and we know uh, we know it would make a difference. Yeah, and, and I know with everything that with, with everything ahead, happening in our country, with everything happening in our country right now and the world, it's almost like we're living our life in bubble wrap, you know, and we're we're ready to be popped basically at any moment because we see so many things as threats and. Um, there's things in the news every day, you know, so if we can focus on our father above, you know, rather than what's happening in the mainstream media, you know, a lot of it is based on where do we spend our attention on, you know, so find the things that you're thankful for in your life, your friends, your family, your, your F3 brothers, you know, our Heavenly Father, those things can all make a huge difference in our anxiety levels, and so we can find peace in God. Yeah, I guess maybe I should uh, I should hand it back to you. I'm going to ask you this question and then hand it back to you. Um, I know in the book you have several ch- chapters covering just the way you dealt with things. If you got a pod or who's dealing with something, can you maybe share some of your, your tips of how you've dealt with anxiety and uh, helped your family uh, knowing that you dealt with anxiety. Do you have any other pro tips you want to share with everybody? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people um, have seen the movie called Talladega Nights, and you have Ricky Bobby who um always talking about you have to be number one or whatever, and it's a pretty funny movie, yeah. one that I here, really here, wait enjoyed. A second. And everything. Here, wait a second. Ready? Yeah, wait a second. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. So I think a lot of times in life we try to, quote, be the best instead of, quote, try our best, you know. So I think if we can live our lives where we just we do the best that we possibly can, let that be good enough. You know, if we don't – if we fail – let that be a learning lesson and not be something that we take personally. Um, I think that's one thing that I've learned that can bring me some peace. If I just put my best effort forth and if I fail, just let it be a learning lesson and be something I can grow from. You know, Um, the moment that we get stuck in our failures, we're going to be completely stuck. We're not going to go anywhere, you know? Um, And then I think another thing that I've learned when it comes to anxiety and everything is um, you're, you're left stuck feeling bad for yourself. But when I, one thing that um, I learned about is to be vulnerable is putting yourself out there and pouring your heart out, no matter how uncomfortable something may be, you know, Um, if we can be vulnerable to help out other people, um, you know, there's going to be times in our life where we're going to be wounded. People might talk badly about us or someone may say something that hurts us. But if we put ourselves out there, you know, we really can draw closer to God and learn um, the meanings about what suffering is all about because, you know, Christ, you know, you know, died for our sins so that we can be free. But we're also, he says in the Bible that, you know, he suffered and we have to lead as an example from him, 
you know. A lot of us as Christians and men, we're constantly suffering and everything, but Jesus did that as well, and we can look to him as an example if we're going through those tough times. Yeah, and I, um, I, I, I'm going to say, for the guys who aren't believers, this is basically how we, um, we deal with our anxiety is basically we drop it at the, you know, the ground in front of the, at the cross and say, I know I can't deal with this. Going through the book, I was also moved by, you kind of talked about every day you were kind of in this cycle where it would be like the anxiety would build up. Even if you're sitting just watching TV or trying to focus on other things, the anxiety would just cycle back and it would be, um, you know, <laughs> like, I'll try and yoga, do yoga, or I'll try and meditate, or I'll try and do these different things, but your mind never could actually reset and actually allow itself to relax, and it just kept building exactly. and building and building. I, um, you know, I, to me, I, I think that's kind of 2020. Like, you know, I, I kind of joke with my managers at work. I'm like, well, it really can't get worse than today, <laughs> and then tomorrow something happens even crazier, right? Um, but it kind of feels like we're in this cycle right now, and it's so difficult to break that. Um, you know, it's it's basically, an un, I kind of call it the uncomfortable feeling of no matter what, if you just keep holding this, um, this like, cycle, right, and you just don't say, hey, I know I can't take it all right now and give it to God, drop it right there, get your mind clear, um, I think this is how guys are also going to have a tough 2020 because they're going to revert to drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever they can do to show some control in their lives. Um, they're going to pick up a bunch of really bad habits. So I'll, exactly. that was kind of an opinion piece there. I'll, I'll hand it back to you. You get us back on track. No, no I mean, I, I did that for many years. You know, I was always, um, when I was stuck in my own anxiety, I would – be researching things on how I could get better. You know, I was so obsessed with getting better and that kind of fed into the the fire, into the problem that I was having, you know. I would do yoga and meditation and I think those are all good things. You know, I think everyone can, should continue to do that. But what I was doing was I would just do things that would make me less anxious for like maybe an hour or two and then it would come right back, you know. I wasn't trying to get to the core of the problem and the solution, you know. So much of my day, I would just try to do things that made my anxiety temporarily a little bit better, you know. So I completely feel what you're saying there. Yeah, and I, um, the other one of the other points in the book that I was really, um, I thought you nailed it with, um, where all these macho guys we work out every morning and we're constantly, you know, agony on it. I've had this discussion. I think sometimes it's easier for us. Basically, we, we're over-masking because we're constantly working out and constantly being challenged and trying to, you know, uh, you know, go from the sixth. You know, we don't want to be <laughs> – we don't want to be the sixth. We want to be leading that group, right? Don't, we don't want to be the last guy. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's also a humbleness. When we talk about anxiety, I think there's a, uh, and I, you do a good job in the book of, there's a humbleness that basically says, uh, I'm going to be humble enough. I'm going to let my friends and 
the Lord into my life enough to help me. Like, I don't have to carry all the, I don't have to be the number one. I'm going to be humble enough to say I need help, and I'm also going to be humble enough to allow some of the, some of the problems to say this is God's will. I don't have to fix it. I don't have to have a solution. I don't have to fix everything around me or my, my wife or my kids' problems. I have to be humble enough to say this is, this is God's will. I, I'm sure you can probably you present that more eloquently than I just did, but I think there's that whole humbleness that um, as men, you know, especially as men in America, we, we just weren't, I don't, I know I wasn't raised with that. So I'll hand that back mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. So hum, being humble and humility are big components that I talk about in the book. Um, and especially for men, you know, I feel like growing up, you know, I was, I felt like I'm not going to share my feelings when I'm, you know, if I'm feeling down, I got to appear strong to other people. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of guys live their life that way, that they don't want to talk about their weaknesses. They don't want to talk about what's bothering them. They want to be seen as macho men, you know, but, guys struggle as well too and especially when it comes to mental health um you know if if you're suffering reach out to your fellow brothers and that's one thing that i love about f3 nation and in our group is if people are struggling you know we need to communicate and tell each other what they're struggling with what's bothering them and then you've got your brothers can help lift you up you know um so i think the biggest thing is if someone's hurting you know Tell people that you're hurting. You know, go see someone. It's perfectly okay and perfectly normal, you know. Um, A lot of people might feel weak by saying, oh, I had to go see a Christian counselor or a psychiatrist or something. You know, I did do those things, and I think a lot of people may need to do that more in times like these, but that's perfectly fine. Um, You know, Christ himself was humble when he suffered and died at the cross for us. Um, I think when it comes to a lot of things that I've learned about is I never thought that I was prideful. Um, I've never been one to be arrogant or boast about anything, but we all have hidden issues. And for me, it just took me a long time um, for that to kind of come out. So um, when you learn to be humble, you're kind of getting away from some of that pride. And that was kind of some learning lessons I, I got along the way. Well, we are, um, as we get closer to the end here, I, I guess I want to hand it back to you. I, um, you know, the, the book is, uh, I, I think it's a, a, just a great book for guys to pick up and uh, it's a, I don't know, 100, 150 pages, something like that. It's a, it's a pretty quick read. But it, you give mm-hmm. some really good insight about how you basically said, uh, before you were an F3 guy, basically, I'm going through the F3 mental battle and it, how did I get here? and then how am I solving it? I think you do a nice job in your book. Um, but I want to give you a, the opportunity. What else do you want to share with the podpaxers? Because, um, I, you know, I, I kind of stepped in this conversation because I'm passionate about it, but I think um, what else do you want to share with the group? Yeah, so one of the things that can relate to our group is the mental battle. And we were going to have our event, I think, back in March, to do the mental battle and I talked with Iverson about leading that for my group because the book was coming out um, a few months later around that time and 
he wanted me to just kind of talk with the guys about that. But that's right when coronavirus hit, and we weren't even able to host that um, that workout. And we finally did it, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we weren't going to let coronavirus stop us forever to have our mental battle. So we had our delayed mental battle a few weeks ago. And when I talked with the guys, I basically selected workouts that I thought were kind of similar to how we live our lives. So, you know, one example is we um, we did the workout called Bernie, for short for Bernie Sanders, where you're, you see a hill and you're running backwards and then you can really feel the workout in your calves and everything. Um, I kind of, after we did each workout, I talked about how that kind of related to how we live our life and you know, when you're going up a hill, you're li- our lives are kind of based on an uphill battle. And if we're not focusing on God, you know, that workout right there, you're seeing, you're going backwards and you can't even see where you're going in life. And I thought that that was a good example as well. And another one of the workouts that we did was called, I think, the Chumba Wumba, where the song sings, I get knocked down. So we would do burpees every time. the the lyrics that I get knocked down. And then during that, we would just kind of like jog in place during it. So we had a really good fun time at our workout for that, but also talked about some important things as a group, you know. So I kind of tried to tailor the mental battle workout based on some concepts in my book and everything, and that was a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, I guess um, you probably have started – Start up guys' hearts uh, with this. I'm sure with your book, and then uh, if if guys wanted to reach out to you personally, um, you got a Twitter handle or an email address you'd like to share with the group? Yeah, so my email address is uh, zachribble at uh, gmail.com. So z a c h r i b b l e at gmail.com. And uh, probably in the near future here, I'm going to create like a YouTube or Facebook or like Instagram page for the book. Life's been pretty, pretty busy, but I am going to create something like that there. And then I also have a website called unchained-book.com too. So um, I would love it if guys want to reach out, ask me questions and everything, and I'd be more than happy to help because a lot of people are hurting out there, and I just want to – give people the hope and inspiration that they need, whether they're a believer or not, you know. Um, I don't want to see anyone that's hurting out there, and I think the book is a, can really help people inspire them, but if people have questions, I'd be more than happy to answer anything they need. Awesome. Well, brother, I um, I appreciate the conversation today. I appreciate your book. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, for the podpacksers out there, who I, I know we got a bunch of readers, uh, this was a this was a good read for me. I, you know, some of the stuff that you went through, I found, uh, you know, the Bible references, the similarities that I saw in my own my own life, I thought um, just a really nice read. I appreciate I appreciate the book. So yeah, and brother, you tell all the fans. You tell, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, C-SPAN, thank you so much for having me on here. It really is, uh, I, I appreciate it so much from the bottom of my heart just to be able to connect with F3 Nation, you know. I mean, there's so many wonderful packs out there that, you know, we try to leave life first F, second F, third F, and um, just to be able to help each other out and brothers, especially during these 
difficult times, you know, I am, am so grateful, you know, for all of the F3 Nation across the country and in my local group. It's just wonderful to be able to connect with others, lift each other up, and then help each other. You know, we leave no man behind, and that's exactly what I want to do. So if someone's hurting, whether it's in a workout or in life, you know, I want to be there to help lift them up. Yeah, brother, absolutely. I um, I'm going to tell you knuckle bump from uh, to my all my brothers there in Michigan, um, and I, uh, I for the rest of you. Um, well, thank you for being a guest on the roundtable, and for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. See you.